Extended COVID-19 lockdowns have led to a surge in domestic violence around the world. Confined to home, many couples and families are experiencing health and financial stresses. But did you know that one of every three victims of domestic violence are male, not female? Well, here to set us straight and provide some insights on how we may reduce the violence and help the victims is Hampton Conway. Mr. Conway is executive director of Movement Ministries, a Maryland faith-based human services organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for youth, individuals, and families. It's a pleasure to have you with us, Hampton. So tell me, when we think of domestic violence, we think of men abusing women, but men are also victims. Tell us what's happening to men and also to boys. Absolutely. I uh, appreciate you taking the time to have this important conversation. Yeah, I think people just, you know, definitely assume uh, that when you talk about domestic violence, that it's typically uh, the male is the perpetrator and the woman is the uh, victim. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, there is a lot of domestic violence taking place um, that is that males are victims, whether they be men um, and as well as uh, as boys. The root causes, I think, aren't any different, regardless of um, who the victim is. But I think the reason why we don't realize that there are so many men that are also being abused is because one, I think, a lot of men are hesitant to speak up. Um, now, even women, a lot of women, statistics show, are very hesitant to speak up. But I would argue that, you know, even, you know, more so for men because of um, the nature of, you know, how men are to be perceived, you know, as being the strong ones and, and you know, pride and ego and those type of things. And so, you know, men are very reluctant um, to come out and say, hey, let me tell you about what's happening in my, my home. Let me tell you about how my wife is going upside my head. Or let me tell you about how my wife is belittling me and demeaning me. And that's not a common conversation that men um, are you know, really willing to have. You and your kids were battered. I imagine that that had a lot to do with leading you into a ministry now to help people overcome their abuses and their experiences. So tell us about that. Yes, I was in a, my previous marriage for 14 years. Um, and early on in the marriage, things started to transpire that, um, you know, were alarming and, and concerning. Um, and those things kind of just gradually got worse and worse. But, you know, I kept holding out hope and holding out, you know, faith that she would change, that she would get help. Um, and unfortunately that never happened, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was physical violence. Um, but believe it or not, the mental and emotional and verbal abuse definitely left more severe scars than the physical abuse. You've probably noticed quite a few children, child victims of violence. I'm assuming that the pandemic has even made it more difficult for educators to actually see the signs of, of abuse, physical and emotional, and then intervene when so many children are still out of the classroom. Tell us about that. What's that, what's happening yeah, there? You're, you're absolutely right. So if you, if you consider the amount of hours, um, you know, that students spend at school, you know, away from the trauma that they may be experiencing at home, you know, so at least school is a relief in some respects uh, for many of these children um, and, and for adults. I know for me personally, even when I was going through it, you know, I really threw myself into my job more as a principal, um, you know, just because of what I was experiencing at home. And so you consider that, you know, the pandemic has definitely heightened um, not only heighten the trauma, but heighten the exposure of the students to the trauma uh, because they're not in school for those 
six, seven hours that they're normally in school for. And so it's going to be, you know, I'm, I've been telling my, my colleagues, you know, every chance I get that we really have to ramp up and prepare for the kids' return, you know, the, uh, the full return. Um, you know, some, many districts are just doing hybrid right now, but when kids get back, um, you're going to see the manifestation of a lot of the trauma that they've continued to experience and had those heightened experiences uh, when they come back. And like you said, yes, you know, they haven't been able to intervene uh, or, or see the signs, you know, as often uh, as they would have been, you know, had they been in school. And finally, I, I know you're a Christian, Hampton. So how important is it for battered men, women, children to experience the spirit and overcoming power of Jesus Christ in the healing process? Uh, the only reason I'm <laughs> sitting here today is because of my faith. Um, you know, even even at times where I felt like there was no hope, um, God always gave me a glimmer of hope uh, and, and gave me the strength to continue to hold on. Um, and so I think it's so important for those of us that do know Jesus um, to let people know that, first of all, there is help, there is hope. Um, but uh, also, you know, aside from like what our organization does, just providing practical resources, we're trying to use those practical resources to share the love of Christ. And so, you know, by getting people that are in tough situations to see and feel the love of Christ, um, I think that makes a huge difference in them being able to uh, overcome and, and have the power to overcome, because we know that the, the power to overcome doesn't rest in us, you know, it rests in God. And I've had some people say, where was Jesus in the midst of my uh, me being abused? And I say, he was right there with you. Hampton yes, Conway, Executive Director of Movement Ministries, thank you for setting us straight today. We appreciate it. Thank you.